What's going on, y'all? It's uh, TD here with another episode of Thoughts with TD, the Future OD. Um, once again, I feel like I say this every time, but I know it's been a while. Um, I just, I've been busy. You know, school has been crazy for me. So, you know, I kind of had to isolate, take some time to really, like, focus and get myself together. But um just a little update you know we got through first semester of third year i'm just so thankful so blessed to be in this position um but job's not finished so you know we're gonna take some time enjoy this win and uh rest up load up recharge and then come back even stronger for the second semester but anyway getting into today um i have a very special guest for all of you guys um one of my favorite faculty members personally um she's just done so much for me just been such a presence here um why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for us okay tim tv um dr lucy <laughs> kende darnell uh thanks for having me this is great this is the first sure. podcast interview i've ever done for sure. it's very exciting for me um introduce myself i don't know where to start just um, tell us a little bit, like, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um, I guess what got you interested in the field of optometry? Okay, fair. I'm a Niger girl. I was born in Nigeria, and we moved okay. to the U.S. in 1983. 1900. Man. And 83. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, I grew up in Champaign, Illinois, the Midwest. Okay. Found out as a kid I wanted to be an OD and moved to Alabama. When I was a senior, probably a year after my senior year in undergrad. Oh, okay. And then started a PhD program in Alabama. Wow, Vision PhD. science, yeah. Did you know that? I got a PhD first. You and got the PhD first? I, I actually PhD did not first. know that. Yeah. Wow. It was a journey. And then uh, three years later, got that and matriculated into optometry school there. Wow. Yeah. The reason I did that is so I wouldn't have to pay out-of-state tuition for optometry school. That smart. was one reason. That's very smart. They have one of the highest out-of-state tuitions there, at, at least when I was there. And I also knew I wanted to teach. And I also know that as a black female, we have barriers and we have challenges. And I wanted every degree to pull those down as I move forward. Um, and then I... Did a residency at Indiana University. Wow. Yeah. Did you know that? It keeps going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think part of the reason this is different for me is because I much prefer to hear about you as students than I do to talk about myself. So it's mm -hmm. probably a bunch you don't know. But then I moved to Houston for private practice. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a great experience, it was about 18 months, and then as I was doing that, I started my own little sublease, um, just so I wouldn't lose my mind, and at that same time became adjunct at UHC, where we are now, and loved it. I loved the students, I loved the, the vibe, the energy, the curiosity, the enthusiasm, everything is amazing. That's the cordia. <laughs> That's the retina. Yeah. Um, and I've been here ever since. So it's going on six or seven years now. Six or seven years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, yeah, there really is a lot that I didn't know. Yeah. That. That's crazy. Like, I don't even know what part to start at. Like, That's what I'm saying. Where do I begin? <laughs> like, where do we even start? So where like, did we meet? Where so, did we meet? Where did we first? 
I would say it was procedures lab. Mm -hmm. And actually, I was thinking about this, like, just before I came in. Um, like, I was really, really nervous, like, starting optometry school, mm -hmm. especially because I, you know, me being from Ohio and everything, mm -hmm. like, new city, new state, mm -hmm. I don't know anybody or anything out here, like, I was nervous. Yeah. And so, it's just like, walking into procedures lab for the first day and seeing you in there, it just like, I had some sense of like, calm okay. and like, confidence at the same time, because I was like, wow. Maybe I can do this yeah, after yeah, all. Like right? maybe, maybe I really can do this yeah, after all. Really you know. Yeah. And so, just ever since seeing you from the first day, and then just growing and learning, like yeah. it's it's been great. Yeah, it's been wonderful. We had smooth jazz playing that day, if I recall too. That's so I that think so. Helped. That probably did help. It probably helped, and I think you had to have some sense that you could do this because you made that transition yeah from ohio to here that's not a small thing right and you have an optometry school in ohio yeah an excellent school definitely so i know this is an interview about me but i'm curious to know why you didn't go there well i mean <laughs> if we really boil it down yeah. to it um they just didn't like my oit scores oh okay um, so I would have rather have gone into it directly yeah. rather than taking a year, you know, just yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I mean, financially, who knows, maybe that was a better decision, but yeah. I feel like we're here and here. everything happens for a it reason. Absolutely does. So I was meant to come out here mm -hmm. and I feel like it did wonders for me as mm -hmm. like a student and as growing as a, a person, man, a yeah. person, like, yeah, I feel like it's really done a lot for me. Okay. So. I'm happy that I made this decision. Though. Me too. And that, you know, it sounds terrible, but I'm glad you didn't score that great. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, you know, some schools are going OAT optional. Um, for a pharmacy school, PCAT is not required at all at any wow. pharmacy school. Wow, that's crazy. Because all of these um, health professional programs are having a hard time just filling the seats. And if we can acknowledge all the barriers, one of them being financial, and these tests are expensive, you've got boards in the future. Gosh. Each one is like 900 some, a thousand dollars for each part. A thousand. So at some point it was important to us, and maybe eventually it won't be, but um, nobody is the score that they make on anything. That's not the person. So right. I'm kind of glad you didn't do that. I'm, me too honestly me too i don't know if i could have did four more years in columbus yeah. I, it's necessary to get out of there like yeah. no shade for all sure. my ohio listeners yeah, but yeah. you know it's i had to get out of there to really i feel grow mm -hmm. as a person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's just so much more like diversity culture mm -hmm. like just to learn out yes. here absolutely and it's been great absolutely and i think that's uh, a choice as to whether you take advantage of that part or not I think we've had this conversation like mm -hmm. a lot of folks come here for the diversity and stay and in their don't. little mm -hmm. circles and right? they stay in their bubble yeah and it's, what's the point of doing that you could have been point. anywhere i think the point for them is to learn things and experience things you can't get out of a book but they're thinking i think mostly clinically Mm -hmm. At least when they talk about it, I get to see all of these different cases because people from different countries have all these different diseases and it's really exotic. Mm -hmm. But you miss out on the personal growth of those people from other countries who are sitting right next to you for, you know, 20 some hours a week 
versus looking in some stranger's eyeballs. So I just had to get that off my chest. Yes, and I feel like it's an important point mm -hmm. because um, really ultimately it's that diversity and that kind of cultural awareness that yeah. will make you a better not only doctor but just a better person absolutely in, in the future and yeah. so it's really important that people take advantage of that and network absolutely you know, get to know the people that you're around really get to know them for real though yeah, yeah. not just like a shallow like hey how you doing and right no like actually yes yes what are you about where are you from what are you looking forward to um and about their backgrounds and everything i think anything that makes you better tends to be difficult and so mm -hmm. when you are in that clinical space and someone doesn't speak the same language that's already difficult yeah if sure. there's this error that you have to overcome this trust barrier that is difficult and so i think the easiest thing to do is run away from it yeah. oh can somebody else come do this oh i have a headache i can't i can't do, this <laughs> I can't right do now. it right yeah. now yeah. um you speak this language and you take this one and you don't grow mm -hmm. you don't grow but i think when you have that moment where you realize language isn't 100% of communication, you can still, you know, let somebody know that you care about them and you're going to do your absolute best to help. They can tell. Mm -hmm. And they can also tell when you're just trying to get away. Yeah. So, so that doesn't help. That doesn't help in the growth process. Yeah, so, most yeah, definitely. I think that's the hard part to teach uh, in the classroom. And it's hard to teach in real time in the clinic because it's one of us to four or five of y'all. So um, that's something that I think about a lot. Mm -hmm. And I can remember my very first Spanish patient. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous. Really? I was like, oh my gosh, I don't speak like any Spanish. Not a lick like, of Spanish. It's like now I can, I can definitely get through an exam now. Good, like, yeah. I, I can kind of talk here and there, but like it's still not where I want it mm -hmm, to be. So mm -hmm. it's something I need to work on. But mm -hmm. I was so nervous because I was like, how am I going to really communicate? How, how are <laughs> yeah. they going to know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, right. it's it's nerve wracking. But and that's honestly, Spanish. Yeah. And that's only Spanish. That's Spanish. And that's like the majority. Everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And another thing I just sidetracked, yeah. like about the institution. Yeah. Why do we not have translators there's oh, only one <laughs> I, maybe that's a little too much for it's it's a great question it's a but. valid question um simply i think it might come down to money it yeah. costs a lot to have those services readily available and to have a verified authentic and certified service available during all of our business hours and even possibly on call, which yeah. makes it 24 seven, okay. is very expensive. Um, but it's not necessarily an excuse, mm -hmm. right? We have a responsibility as a healthcare system and I'm sure there's more to the answer that I don't know and I can't provide, but I think money, many problems are money, money problems. Money problems, yes. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and then the rest of them are people problems. Yeah, okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. But yeah, honestly, it's been such a great um, experience, you okay. know, to have those like Spanish speaking yeah. patients to really grow that other side that Absolutely. I didn't even know I needed until yeah. I got here. Yeah. So yeah, it's been great. Do you have a strategy to learn more Spanish? What are you gonna do? 
Um, I mean, I took the Spanish elective, okay. but I personally did not feel like I learned that much from that. Like, to me, it was a lot of, oh, write this down, write this down. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really, like, you know, delving into mm-hmm. it and really building up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but that's personally how I feel about it. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess I need to, first things first, I need to devote time yeah. to actually sitting down, um, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the language, mm-hmm. where are my gaps in what I do know, what I don't know, mm-hmm. and then how can I strengthen that. Do you but, speak any other languages? No. Okay. Well, all right. So I think <laughs> what helped me, but I took uh, 10 years of French when you put it together. Oh, so that's a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. But there's some words in Spanish I tend to say in French and then vice versa because of that foundation. But what helped me in Houston is watching Telemundo. Mm, like okay. on those off days summertime or break this just a day of Telemundo on closed caption mm-hmm. it's either uh, Univision or Telemundo there are certain shows that have the captions in Spanish and you can pause and rewind some things and run that back like I think I understood most of it and they speak really fast yeah, and they also really try to speak a very universal Spanish because some Spanish is a little different depending yeah, on the country. Yeah, like their dialects and Right. Everything. So oh. they try to get as universal as possible. And you'll start to hear the same phrases over and over. You see the context of what's going on on the screen. You've got commercials that we know what the words are. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's what that is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So you just immerse yourself in that way. Just force yourself. And then I'm on Babbel, the app. Oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. And some of the other little stuff. But... There's nothing like immersion. Yeah, no, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really good way to get into and it. And watching TV is passive, by the way. It doesn't help a lot, but it's like a foundation for like everyday conversational Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a <laughs> 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 At least you get the gist of stuff. Yeah, yeah. you can get better at like, mm-hmm. you know, just talking to the patient. And which... then just picking up words. Right. What are they saying? Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, but kind of switching gears now sure. a little bit, um, I guess, what do you see as like the main barrier to our progress of increasing like diversity within our field? Because mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact number. I want to say like 3% or something like that of all practicing optometrists in the U.S. are black. Yeah. And that's shocking. Yeah. And it hasn't changed much uh, over the years. I remember when I was really young, and this is pre-internet. Their internet existed, but it wasn't something you just click on. Today. No, yeah. I was looking at a book or a magazine or something, and I remember seeing zero point three. Mm. And I don't know if that was the United States or Illinois. And when I saw that number, I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not gonna work." Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with awareness. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's not, you know, the most attractive thing in our communities to take on a whole lot of debt. Yeah, that's to then true. serve. That's true. Right. Um, and this is not a cheap thing to get into. We just talked about boards is expensive. OAT is expensive. You don't do well once. Do you really want to take it again? Right. Um, and then the program is expensive. So there's that. And who's going to pay that? You are. But your goal is to help your family or to live your best life or whatever. So you go in the minus direction first and then plus. That's if you know it exists. And a lot of us, I don't think, grew up 
visiting one every year and yeah. getting routine eye care. That's true. You go somewhere when you have an emergency, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know that vision plans are something that we select if we have insurance and we make sure that we have that covered. So there's the awareness piece, the exposure piece, the cost, and then who are our examples? How many do we have? How yeah, many can we true. point to? Um, we don't have a Dr. Fauci of optometry that I know of that kind of everybody knows who that is. So yeah, um, I'm sure there's more. There's more to it. There's the talking about it with really young kids and having families willing to support that type of dream. Mm -hmm. um, I think we tend to start talking about it really late, like junior year of college or yeah. somewhere in high school where there's already like some sort of plan of what I want to do, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And then if you mention it to your family and the first question is, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's... That doesn't feel great, right? <laughs> and if you say, I want to be a dentist, that sounds great. Go ahead and do it. Or a pharmacist. Everybody knows what those are. Right. But optometrist, is that optician? Is that ophthalmologist? Yeah, I always get that question. Exactly. Every time. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I could say I go to optometry school a million times. Mm -hmm. And every time, guaranteed, somebody's going to ask me, oh, is that the one with the glasses? Mm -hmm. Or do y'all do the LASIK surgery? Mm -hmm. And I, I got to explain every time. Yes. And I just don't understand why don't we have, you know, as much of public knowledge about what we do our marketing is bad our marketing is bad the public knowledge is not great and I think that um, the minimization of the importance of our role in healthcare is just so easy like what you see is commercials about glasses the thing yeah. that you buy not the eye care aspect mm -hmm. um, and it usually takes some huge public service effort to mention eye health it's not really optometrist driving that message and then we have you know buy your contacts online and the little owl talking about a free eye exam and the yeah. and the glasses come with it for $69 so I don't know I, we can do a better job I just don't know who is gonna do it mm -hmm. I know that there are groups doing it um, I think AOA does a nice job trying to get a message out and also working on the political side of things and then every state is different as to what we can do and how much we can do. So some of these Absolutely. messages may not be nationally relevant. Um, and then I think when you do explain it, you almost have to oversimplify. You know, like, well, we don't do surgeries. Ophthalmologists do surgeries, but we do do surgeries. Yeah. You just don't want to get into it. You it's, just want to move yeah. on with the conversation, right? Yeah, because yeah. then you'll get lost in all the minute details. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Like, okay, never mind. Exactly. I don't even want to talk <laughs> just, about it anymore. Right. That's okay. <laughs> and I remember um, when I was in optometry school at UAB and went to the dental school there because I chipped a tooth on, like, a sunflower seed. Clearly, I had some other issue, but I blamed it on the seed. <laughs> so I went there, had my exam being done by a student, mm -hmm. and admitted to all the now and laters and Laffy Taffy's I was eating and all that. Mm -hmm. And... She, the student, went to go talk to the attending who was on the other side. You know, they have curtains. They don't have doors. Right. So I can hear everything. I can hear the case presentation. I can hear them saying how much candy I eat and that I'm an optometry student. And that attending says to the student, oh, I wonder how many years it takes to learn to count to two. 
Oh, wow. That's crazy. And I will never forget That's this. That's crazy. I can't believe This is someone said that. who's another healthcare. We see them as like peers in healthcare, right? Right. And to think that one of them thinks that way, that's just one. Yeah, and that's, that's a leader one. as a faculty member and an educator. And that message gets passed on to how many people? Yeah, that's terrible. And as a patient, I heard you. Like, <laughs> do I really want you in my mouth at this point? Exactly. Yeah, so that moment also has me think very cautiously about what our patients hear. We leave our doors open a lot of the time, so mm-hmm. what can they hear about what we're saying, how we're referring to them, what we're discussing about them, and then the assumptions that we make, oh, he's probably or she's probably. So mm-hmm. I'm just because of that, I am hyper vigilant about what we say and how we say it. Which brings me to, yeah. I don't know what you have planned for this, but I have to tell you. Go ahead. We're going to Go have a, um, a discussion on inclusive language. You know, remember Ooh, we used okay. to do time to talks? Yeah. And we're still doing them. I just had to pause for a second. Yeah, it got kind of crazy. It got intense. Things got crazy. Um, but our next one, we're going to have one on inclusive language, and we're going to have one on headscarves and hijabs. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely be there. Please do. I definitely will yeah. be there. Yeah, we're going to do a two-part, I think, on the inclusive language because I want to talk about um, the etymology of some of the words. Like, why are we saying manpower all the time? If you look at our... What is our staff made of here, Tim? If you look at our staff, the front desk and family practice and the registration... Mostly women. Mostly women, often of a particular race. Right. Right? Right. But we say manpower. Yeah, and it's the women not, running it, yeah, right? So right. we've got words like personnel and staff that we can use <clears throat> that's far more inclusive. And so for people from underrepresented groups or people in wheelchairs, I often say that we should just say we better use a wheelchair rather than they're wheelchair bound. Yeah, ties to it. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, we're going to talk about that and some of the terminology that we use with race and sometimes mix it up with ethnicity and sometimes it's just completely inaccurate and then introduce the faculty also to some of the newer language that y'all are bringing with you because mm-hmm. as as we go and incorporate new students into their program they are getting younger and we are getting older and the language has changed it has oh, evolved yeah. and we need to kind of keep up with that and so we're going to do two parts to it, more of like a general conversation and more clinically relevant stuff. Um, and then for the headscarves, we'll just talk about why folks wear them, what are the different reasons, what's the significance for people who used to wear them and they don't anymore, what was that about, what are mm-hmm. the different ways that they wear them. Yeah, I'm actually really interested about that because yeah. I feel like I could expand my knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. I have a little bit, like, I understand a little bit, but mm-hmm. I would love to really, like, understand it. Yeah. So. I think the big challenge with any of these topics is some people will see my announcement and think, oh, I'm not invited, or this isn't really for me, or what does this have to do with me? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how to, like, craft those messages to say, like, you just need to come. <laughs> just yeah. come. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's okay if if it's like twenty percent of the college, because I think it doesn't take a lot of people to shift a culture. Like if you can set a new standard, and everyone else is like, "Oh, oh, that makes sense. I'm gonna fall in line." Mm-hmm. It's actually easier to fall in line. 
and it's not about being PC or woke or anything. It's just modern day. <laughs> so it's twenty twenty three almost. Yeah. I was born in the nineteen hundreds. Don't say that. <laughs> I was too. Don't say that. Don't say that. Oh my god. That gosh. makes me feel old. I'm telling these these students coming in were born in the two thousands. Yeah, I know. It's isn't it wild? It's crazy. It's so crazy. And it makes me feel so old. Does it? How it old does. are you, Tim? I'm only 24. Okay. But yeah. sometimes I feel old. Like, that feels old Yeah, 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 yeah. And then other days, it's like, oh, okay, I'm still young. You're 24. <laughs> but it's, I'm not 21 anymore. No. I can say, I can feel that. Yeah. And I can definitely. <laughs> and I think that <laughs> speeds it up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. But I these past years. Absolutely. And I always say the days are long and the years are short. And you look back. And remember some of the days that were the most horrible and some of the days that felt the most pointless. Like, why am I learning this? What is the point of this? When am I ever going to use this? Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to tell a young person, it's not about this thing. It's about the process Mm -hmm. of getting through this thing. And this mm-hmm. muscle memory for your brain and your heart <laughs> to like know that you can accomplish something and know that you have to commit to it in a certain way and know that you have to think differently than you ever have before mm-hmm. and put it together and you're going to be tested in a way you've never been. I think it's about that, not the stuff. Yeah, and that's what's been honestly tough for me, mm-hmm. like adjusting in my first mm-hmm. like two years, and I feel like it's really kind of clicked for me this year. Really, that it's really more about the the process yes. than it is just the result. Yeah, because I had the idea I was gonna come in here, okay, four years of school, I can do it, bang, 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 let me get out. <laughs> but then I got here mm-hmm. and I started school, and I realized, oh no, this is not gonna be just no. a quick in and out. Like no. this is there's so much intricacy to everything were you warned? and i mean did any yeah. did anybody warn you yeah. so <laughs> so i have a best friend back home um whose mom is actually or she is not retired now but mm. she was an optometrist as oh, well and so okay. she kind of told me about school she was like yeah that school is not easy like you're gonna <laughs> <She> have <laughs> you're gonna have days where you just don't want to do it but the important thing is that everything that you're going to learn is just going to make you better at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and it's going to be worth it to go through it. So if you knew then what you know now, would you do it again? If I knew then what I know now, would I do it again? Ooh. Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. I think so. Good. I was just going to walk out of there. <laughs> if <laughs> I said, said no. Nah. Yes. Y'all would have heard a door <laughs> open and close. That would have broken my heart, really. Because the next thing I was going to ask you was, what piece of advice would you give these incoming? Oh, to the incoming? Yes, because let me tell you what I've known. I've been doing interviews for at least four or five years now. Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing a decline in the awareness of what this is and how much can be done with optometry. And this is with the internet in your pocket all the time. Yeah, that's terrible. So I'm asking sometimes, um, and I apologize if you're listening and I've interviewed you, but tell me what you can do with optometry. What kind of modes of practice or subspecialties? Everyone, of course, says private Private practice, practice. right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll say something like contact lenses and pediatrics and primary care. 
Mm-hmm. There's so it's so like much tip more. of the iceberg. There's so much more. And I'm thinking this is an interview for optometry school. I would do all the googling that oh, yeah. I could possibly do about optometry to show that I know what I'm getting into. So I think it's just such a sharp decline in and maybe they're just nervous and the brain blanks. Yeah, possibly. that's that's probably a part of it. But was your interview nerve wracking? Were you nervous? Honestly, not really. Like right. before, I was. I was like, oh, this is optometry. School. But then in the middle but of in the it, midst of it's just it, a yeah, conversation. Literally, it's just talking. Did to I people. interview? I don't think okay. so. I think I had Doctor Segu. Okay. And a few others. I can't really remember. Was yours in person? No, I was online. Virtual, I was like right. right after COVID. Right. Like, literally, like the next week. Oh, after. that's right. And then the thing with being online is you have to be less nervous because you're in your comfort zone physically, yeah, I right? Was in my house, I would think, yeah. right? I was in my house. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, you could literally have a browser in front of our faces. And, <laughs> and nobody we'll, would know. We wouldn't and know. Nobody would know. We wouldn't know. I, there was one time I could tell somebody was reading, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but I just think that it's important to know what you're getting into so that when you're in it and you're upset or things don't go the way you want or you experience failure for the first time or you're super frustrated mm-hmm. or you now finally have to deal with your anxiety issues or your depression issues because this whole place can be a trigger for you. Now you want to quit because you didn't realize either this isn't what I wanted or I didn't think it would be this hard. So I just think it's important for someone to assess and evaluate as in their 20. So like, yeah. so it's hard to really have project that far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on our side, how do we measure that? Like how do we, you know, chalk this up to them being nervous or... Do we take that interview moment to educate them and say, this might not be what you think it is? I don't want to say for you, that's harsh, but (laughs) (laughs) that is harsh. I'm just trying to be nice. (laughs) I'll just write down on my little paper what I think. But in general, this might not be what you think it is. Let me let you know that blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they don't know what it is, do they take a hit for that? Maybe they'd still be a really good optometrist. So I think it's just... We just kind of have to restructure how we evaluate students coming in because it's not easy. No, I, I imagine it can't be. Like, mm-hmm. there's just so many factors that can confound how that person is yes. that day. Yes. You know, because you could be having just a bad day. That's right. Or, like, you could just, I don't know, maybe blank out mm-hmm. one day because it happens to the best it of does. us where, you know, we prepare, 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 mm-hmm. the moment comes, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we blank out or something yep. happens. Yeah. So I can imagine. Yeah. I can. But I can there's imagine. the other piece of that. Do you. I think most of them do a phenomenal job in their interviews, so I will say that. I think, are you cut out for this? Because when you are in a clinical setting and a patient, every patient is a stranger until you get to know them, right? Mm-hmm. So now you kind of have to prove yourself. You have to gain their trust. First impressions are critical. Oh, yeah. You know it. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when you present a certain way and you just have to wipe out whatever misconception there might be and you don't even know what they might be. Mm-hmm. So can you do it? And that's what the interview is for. And if that person can overcome all that in front of this panel of people online then I think I think they're okay we've only had one I think just really break down down. but what I was impressed with was the ability to 
put it back together. Mm. Just really put it, dry it up, take a second, a deep breath, and kind of smile the rest of the way through it. That's good. To me, that's really impressive. Yeah, that's like good. Like the resilience. I saw you get knocked down. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I saw you get back up yeah. within this 20-minute time frame. I think that tells me more than someone who stays on top the whole time. Because I don't sure. know what they would do if they got knocked down. For sure. And mm-hmm. that's really crucial, the whole mm-hmm. getting knocked down and getting back up. Did that, you get knocked down I feel too? like that's been <laughs> the story of my optometry school career. Really? Is that there are points where I've been knocked down. But, you know, when you're down, you either have the choice to get back up and That's keep right. going or you can stay down. But That's what right. does that help? You know, especially when you set out to do something mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. you know, and you know it takes years mm-hmm. to master it, to gain all this knowledge yeah. and to really get that muscle memory down. So you know that it's probably not going to be easy. No. Actually, it's definitely not going to be easy. Not, not even a probably. Right? It's definitely not going to be easy. Right. Anything that's, you know, worth it, I'd say, in life is going to be tough. Yeah, it and is. if you can manage, you know, getting back up after mm-hmm. you've been knocked down, I feel like that's a better marker. For, Absolutely. You know, the resiliency there is a better marker of success. I'm so excited to hear you saying these things. I'm fast forwarding in my mind to like three or four years from now mm-hmm. when I invite Dr. Davis to come speak to my first year class. Come speak to, I'll come speak in to In full one. drip. In the full drip. Oh my goodness. I can't even. Right? I can't wait. I can't it's wait. It's going to happen. God it's willing. Be, I'm yes. alive and you're alive and I'm going to invite you and you're going to come. And I'm going to come. Full up. drip. Anytime you need me, I'm here. Yeah. No matter where I'm practicing, I'm I'll so come excited. down. I appreciate that. It's going to happen. For sure. <laughs> For sure. I think that um, the incoming students, they need to hear someone beyond first year talk about the experience and someone in the first year talk about the experience. And I almost want, I'd really like that to happen in the student panel, but I'm not there. I don't know what that situation is like so after the interviews they get to interface a little bit with current students at least virtually Mm -hmm. but I hope that conversation comes up like if if I were to ask you on the panel what was your most difficult period in optometry school (sighs) my most difficult period and then how you got out of it like how did you yeah Ooh, I'd probably say it came this year honestly this has been a tough year for me Mm. like just personally Mm -hmm. I feel like I had to do a lot of growing Mm -hmm. personally because I went through um some personal challenges I'd say really starting in like February and it was more of like I had never really experienced like a mental health kind of crisis before Mm -hmm. and then just the combination of everything piling on top of each other the fact that our first year was like online and still like the transition I feel like it's still happening it is. like it is. because we were completely online and then last year we were kind of like doing this half and half asynchronous mm-hmm. type of thing and now we're like back to fully in person pretty mm-hmm. much yeah and so I feel like that transition for me was rough yeah and um just having all that responsibility on my plate mm-hmm. and being so far away from my support system right. at home And then, you know, you have a little bit of imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. too. I feel like that's kind of impossible to, Mm -hmm. you know, avoid when you're doing something like this. 
And so just all the factors of that on top of just my, you know, studying mm-hmm. and trying to get better in clinic and right. like everything, it just kind of got to me a little bit and uh, it started to affect my mental health. Mm-hmm. So what I really did was I took a step back. I said, all right, let's look at the big picture here. Okay. So at this point, I'm in like second semester or second year. Mm-hmm. So we're about halfway through now. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten through the first half of this and think about all the other times in my life that I've been in situations where, you know, I thought I wasn't going to make it. Mm. Something just seemed too big, insurmountable. Mm. What happens? I made it. You made it. Somehow I made it through. Mm -hmm. And so I applied that same kind of logic rationale to this situation. Like, Mm. Let it me ask you something. I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off. But mm-hmm. when you say step back, is this you taking a moment to reflect, or is this journaling, or is it talking to someone who's been in your life day one? Like, what is this step back? Honestly, like? I would say it's kind of been a little bit of all of those. Mm-hmm. Like, there were some times where I would just write down mm-hmm. in like a notebook, just literally how I felt that day, like wow. what was running through my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I would call home, mm-hmm. you know, talk to my mom and dad, tell them like, you know, it's, it's kind of tough right now, I'm going through it, but you know, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for just letting me ramble mm-hmm. about my day <laughs> and <laughs> the minor inconveniences that happened to me today. Mm-hmm. And then that's actually kind of the reason I wanted to start this podcast mm. too. It's just because like, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts in my head mm-hmm. and living alone, just I can speak it into this microphone mm-hmm. and maybe somebody else will feel that. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's kind of like a togetherness thing to yeah. let people know that, okay like if you're struggling like i struggling too so yeah. like you're not alone mm-hmm. we're all going through this at that's the same right. time that's right and you know the diversity part comes in obviously because like i come here i don't see people that really look like me that much mm-hmm. so it's like how can we better this mm-hmm. for future people that want to do this right and so kind of all that tied together is what led to the creation of the podcast and then I started going to therapy in like the summertime because mm-hmm. I was just like, I like it's it helped a little bit, but I still felt like I was not, you know, the same person. Mm. You know, I didn't really feel like myself. Mm-hmm. So and I recognized that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things I love about myself is just how self-aware that I, mm-hmm. that I am. Mm-hmm. I can recognize when like my energy's off mm-hmm. or like something's wrong. And so recognized that went to therapy and my therapist gave me like just the tools I needed to kind of get myself back on my feet and really what I think it was is just a restructuring Mm -hmm. of how I look at the world and how I look at everything that's going on in my life okay and so I just kind of took a step back just kind of reflected and just I thought about it I was like listen we're in a good spot in life Mm -hmm. like we are blessed to be in this position, mm-hmm. blessed to be in this program. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that would kill for opportunity to right. like this that I have. Right. And so all the blessings that I've had in my life, like, build on it. Yeah. Don't just let this go to waste. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Like, right. you only have one life, one chance to do this right. Right. So the, the moment is now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sucks, but you just got to step up. And so... I stepped up. Preach, TV. <laughs> you better preach. 
I decided that I was going to step up, yeah. you know, like I'm here, I got these loans, I got, you know, all these opportunities that I've had, these yeah. chances that I've had to better myself. It'd be a shame if I wasted That's it. Right. Yeah. And I just started looking at the world like instead of why are like, I guess, all these things happening to me, it's kind of like, mm. what can I learn mm-hmm. from the situations that God keeps throwing at That's me? That's right. Yeah. Instead of like being the victim. That's right. I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of really what got me out of that, like, mental jam, I'd say, or mental funk. And that's, it's been a a growing, a year of growth for me. 2022 has definitely been a year of growth for me because that was a multi-month process. Right. When I say it started in February, I didn't really start feeling better until, like, maybe August or, like, September. Wow. Yeah, it, it took a while. Because, you know, completely restructuring, mm-hmm. you know, the way you think, you mm-hmm. know, it's not easy. And you can't um, set aside the time to do it. It's happening in conjunction real, with everything literally, else, right? Literally, in yeah. conjunction with everything else. I still got exams I got to yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. I still got patients yeah. to see. That's right. I still got other life responsibilities, taking care of myself mm-hmm. as a person. Like, mm-hmm. So that's why I think it took as long as it did. Yeah. But... I'm just happy that I went to therapy. Yeah. Honestly. And that's I'm why I'm so proud of you opening thank that you. up. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. It's just like it's been quite a journey. Mm-hmm. But it's been great. I will say you're one of those students that seems to always have it together. Together? Oh, yeah. Thank Even you. when I can see it in your eyes. You're going through it. I think if you just breeze past Tim's fine. Like, he's good. You wouldn't know that he's in therapy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're not, you're not one to come with every problem, right? There are some who are very open and who want to, you know, express very regularly. And that's, that's just how they process. But I think you're very much able to almost compartmentalize things. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're you're absolutely right. Just handle this one thing at a time. I'm going to take this by chunks. Mm-hmm. And just keep it moving and, you know, take a sip of water every now yeah, exactly. and then just keep going. Exactly. So I think um, it's important for you to be as open as you are about it, especially now that you're on the other side. Mm-hmm. Because there, it's just not inspirational to me if someone had it smooth the entire time and then tells me how to do it. Right. That's not inspiring. Not at all. That doesn't give me something to grab onto, right? That doesn't give me any hope (laughs) when I'm in a difficult time. So I think for you to speak to someone else's future challenge that you know they're going to have and you can point to a moment in your life and walk through the scenario and they can put themselves where you were, Mm -hmm. that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, and I just hope that that helps somebody, honestly. Because... Like I said before, you know, we all go through things That's right. in life mm-hmm. and people shouldn't feel like, you know, kind of alienated or mm-hmm. ostracized because they're feeling a certain type of way. Right. Like it's okay to be depressed sometimes. It's okay right. to, you know, not Your be feelings okay. feelings are what they are. Right. They're valid. Yeah. And you, you have every right to feel that. Right. right. So I just hope it helps. Yeah. Honestly. I think it will. I think that, you know, when someone is bleeding, you can see the blood. Right. Right. But you can't see the emotional injury or the mental uh, damage that Mm -hmm. they are walking around with. Mm -hmm. Unless and until something releases it 
and you just wonder like what is your problem mm -hmm. but in these moments where we're at our utmost like peak challenge this is your peak challenge academically oh yeah right clinically Definitely. interpersonally and then keep that in check the whole time as you're in the middle of it it's it's not easy at all no not at all it's not not at all and that's why at the session what was it do you remember what we just had yeah. not too long ago? Like the one where people... that I hosted downstairs? Yeah, down yeah, yeah. In, so yeah. I don't remember the order of the words, but it was clicks, classrooms, and comfort zones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. That was yeah. great. That was a Wasn't it wonderful, enjoyable? yes, that was a wonderful, absolute wonderful event. I'm so glad that I went. And I'm glad that I was able to throw out the plug Me for too. caps like Me that. Me too. Because people just start coming out with their stories right. about how they're struggling. I was like, wow. Okay, so for your listeners, you got to break down what this thing was, this event. Okay, so basically what this was, it was like an event where we discussed like classes, like different classes here in the college and just like kind of the interpersonal dynamic of how people kind of interact with each other um and people brought up some things that they didn't like about their classes mm -hmm. and some mm -hmm. i guess problems that they thought needed solutions mm -hmm. and um i kind of talked a little bit about my struggles mm -hmm. in that um intrapersonally you know coming from a different state yeah. trying to restart my whole life basically yeah, yeah. And I just threw out a plug for CAPS, which is like the on-campus um, psychological services mm -hmm. here. Um, and once again, I'm going to throw the plug out to any U of H student right now. If you feel like you're struggling with something, please go to CAPS. Like, you don't have to fight your mental battles on your own. That's you right. can really talk this out. Like, take a step back. And that's going to help you out in the yes. future, for sure. Shout out to CAPS, because I think the perception among faculty who sometimes hear about these issues and don't know what to do and we say go to CAPS and we're like we don't know if they're going to get help or not yeah. because they serve the entire campus they serve undergrad and all these professional programs so we don't know when you'll get an appointment how long it lasts if you get any help or if it's just the in and out mm -hmm. but to know from your perspective and then I asked everybody if they're willing to raise their hands if they've been to CAPS there was a whole lot of people in that room it was, it who was. raised their hands and they all agreed with you that it was really helpful for them. So I'm so glad you mentioned it because I otherwise wasn't going to broach it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and then the other thing that we did at that event was have different categories of like yeah, fast food and music or whatever. And people just gravitate towards their table for whatever their favorite fast food or music was. Mm -hmm. And you could see how the groups shifted. What I wanted to show the students was that there are some superficial things that bring you together and they're so limiting if you just stay right there. Mm -hmm. But then if you can get to know somebody, you'll realize that you have a lot in common and you have this common bond that you're willing to argue <laughs> about whether Burger King <laughs> is better than Wendy's. You were Wendy's, I yeah, think, I was right? Yeah, Wendy's. <laughs> Team Wendy's. Team Wendy's. Which is you and, and Deja Montgomery, I think, it's just you two. That four for four? Yeah, that four for four. Like, best combo in fast food <laughs> of all time. And I'll, I'll die on this hill. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> Caps plug and a Wendy's plug. Um, but I think that that was a visual for just the commonalities that we can have among each other. Yeah. And there was a lot of great, great advice from the second and third years about just 
learning from each other academically and socially and um, getting out of your clique and forming bonds and friendships and they really do last a lifetime if you nurture them so I'm glad you were there I'm glad everyone who was there was there and from my understanding the first years who attended went a couple of them went before their class and lecture the next day and talked about it and really? said here's what you missed if you weren't there wow and okay. here's what we need to do better okay and they've, right, they've hung out and they've you know went to zoo lights and the, the whole pre-gaming thing proud of them talk about that but <laughs> yeah no we, we might not talk about the pre-game i think that um <laughs> i'm i'm so relieved because i was very very nervous yeah, just from good. the individuals and I'm a fixer in my heart I want to fix things but I also feel like it's important for people to figure out how to fix their own things that's mm -hmm. incredibly important for sure so my goal is always to help them figure out how to fix their own things rather than get in and do it myself and so I've that came out of nowhere it was me and a couple of um, I think your classmates who kind of threw our ideas together, slapped it into the end of the semester, and there it was. I'm glad it was, I'm glad y'all got some out of it. No, I got a lot out of it. It was honestly one of the best events. Wow. I've probably been to at the school. That's like, fantastic. Yeah, I'm not gassing it up either. Like well, it was I probably, you. yeah, it was very useful. Fantastic. Well, we'll do more. I think that, um, if y'all bring me an idea, we will do it. We will do it. And it's not always, you know, here's this new problem that we just want to complain about. I think yeah. that generally you all are solution-oriented. You just need to be guided to what the, possible, the possibilities are for the solution. I think generally that is the vibe. It's not to complain. It's to find a solution. So that's what I respect about y'all. For sure, for sure. Man, I could talk all day. Let's see how long. Wow. 49 minutes. Wow. wow. This was great, Tim. I don't want to keep you No, nah, it's all good. It's all good. I was just thinking, like, I could really sit here and just talk all day. Like, I just, I have so much to, like, we'll do a part talk two. to you about. Yeah, we'll okay. Part we need a part we'll two. We need a part two, for sure. Yeah. We need a part two. But thank you so much thank for you. taking time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Um, We've been talking about this for months. So I'm yeah, literally for a long for it. months. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you, Tim. I can't wait to do it again. Alrighty. Thank you so much, Dr. Kahn. You're welcome. All right, guys. Um, it's been another episode of Thoughts with TD, the Future OD. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in. Um, excited to get this one out and some future ones out as well. So all you guys take care. Hey guys, uh, TD here, your boy, as always. Um, just wanted to take a moment out of my day to just, you know, thank you guys. Really, really thank y'all for listening and being with me, rocking with me throughout this journey, throughout this podcasting experience. Um, honestly, like, it was just a thought that I had in my head when I was going through it, um, to just get on the mic and just speak about my troubles, you know, and maybe it could help somebody out. And it really is a rewarding feeling when people come up to me and they tell me, yo, like your podcast, like helped me get through some things. Like 
your podcast like that episode was really like valuable to me so i appreciate you guys for listening for sticking with me um thank y'all thank y'all so much honestly from the bottom of my heart like it means a lot to me um i plan to do a lot of uh great things in 2023 i know 2022 it didn't i didn't like have it up as much as i wanted to you know i didn't post with the frequency that i wanted to just because you know the nature of school and everything it gets busy but 2023 hopefully i can be a little bit more consistent for y'all get some content out so once again uh thanks again for rock with me guys uh let's keep this thing rolling and i'll see y'all in the new year 2023